All right, so today, today we are looking at, um, basically, uh, yet another of these attacks upon Jesus. This time it comes as a political attack, because they want Jesus to, of all things, to, to choose a political side. Basically, political controversies. Political controversies are brought before Jesus, and what do they want to do? They want to divide the people, they want to get Jesus off of his message and instead of proclaiming the gospel and the kingdom of God that he might be on one side or the other and if they get him on a side, they can pigeonhole him and they can drown him, they can, they can shoot him down. Now, I wish that uh, we could say that this only happens to Jesus, but the reality is that you, you are faced with these kind of questions. You are faced with people who want to draw you into one side or another so that they can discredit the, the ultimate witness that you bring. Just this past uh, month or so, uh, examples of these kind of dividing things. Uh, questions like, well, I heard that Muslim members of Congress are taking vows not on the Bible but on the Quran. What do you think of that, Christian? Another question, uh, they want to take uh, under God out of the Pledge of Allegiance. What are you going to do about it? Or something like, how can we submit to a ruler who is evil? How could you possibly do that as a Christian? We are presented with these, these divisive issues in a polarized culture, and how do we really embody what we're supposed to embody, how do we reflect Christ without compromising ourselves and our, and our mission? That's what Jesus does here, and that's what uh, we're hopefully going to learn from our Savior and also be rebuked our, ourselves, probably in some sense. So let's go ahead and read Mark 12, verses 13 through 17. And they sent to him some of the Pharisees and, uh, and some of the Herodians to trap him in his talk. And they came and said to him, Teacher, we know you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion. For you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, Why put me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. Then they brought one, and he said to them, Whose likeness and whose inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. Jesus said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. We're going to see three things. We're going to see this, this trap that is laid before him. We're going to see that the Jesus, he, he, he drills down into the heart of the matter out from under these two sides, and then he gives the gospel as a third option. We have the trap, the heart, and the gospel. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that Jesus, in all of his wisdom, he, he guides us how not to get caught up in the sides and opinions and, and distractions of the world. Father, we ask that you might teach us. We ask that you might show us how to escape from, from snares that would 
would move us away from the gospel that we are meant to proclaim. Father, would you give us uh, ears to hear? Would you give us eyes to see? Would you give us hearts that are soft enough, soft enough to listen and to hear and to, to really receive what you have for us? Holy Spirit, would you, would you do your, your promised work? Would your words not go out in vain? And would you minister, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right, so first the trap. First the trap. All right, so they send to him some of the Pharisees and some of the Herodians to trap him in his talk. All right, so this is, this is calculated, and they get these two groups, these two groups who are not supposed to hang out together, the Herodians, pro-Rome and pro the, the kind of puppet king. They're all for the, the Roman rule. Then you have the Pharisees who are experts in the law and the the experts on Israel and, and call for Israel's purity, they come to him all, all full of flattery. Teacher, we know you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion. For you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? All right, context here. Or right, this is not just any old taxes. This is a particular tax that they are asking about. This is called the poll tax. And the poll tax was enacted on every single person who was under the, the Roman Empire. And if you were there, you had to pay a special tax just to, just to exist in the empire. Every single man had to pay this tax. And it was the the impetus for countless rebellions. People hated this tax because not only were they oppressed and were they basically brought against their will into this kingdom, but then they had to pay for it. A number of messiahs had come, not to, not to die for sin, but to, to free the people from the oppression of Rome. And so this is already controversial. And... It's dividing these, this into two groups. Now, if Jesus says, yes, yes, you have to go pay the taxes, then Jesus is accused of being anti-God and pro-Rome. That he's for the oppressor. He's against the nation of Israel. He's against the, the freedom of the people of God. And instead of following God, he's just giving in to and fearful of the Caesar and his rule. All right, or over here you have that if he says, no, don't pay the tax, then what is Jesus? Jesus is one more insurrectionist, a rebel and a zealot who just wants to free the, free the nation and destroy down with Rome and he gets lumped in with all the other messiahs who had come and they can go and run to Caesar. They can run to Pilate. And they can say, no, this, this guy, he's, he's trying to destroy your king, the, the, the empire. He's trying to destroy it. We can crucify him. All right. So that's such our two options before us. And we have to ask, okay, is, this, is choosing either of these helpful to Jesus? No. 
This is an unwinnable, unanswerable. No one wants to be in either of these camps. And the cause of Jesus is not to destroy Rome. The cause of Jesus is not to also just give in to, to zealots. And Jesus has a higher mission here. Now, all right, do these sorts of things sound familiar? Do these sorts of things sound familiar to you? Do you think that there are people out there who want to do this to Christians? To divide them into camps? To get you off message and to get you off purpose? All right, think of our message. Our message is one that there is a kingdom outside of this kingdom, over all of the kingdoms, a kingdom of heaven. And that there are eternal consequences to the things that you do here. That there is a real spiritual life, that the kingdoms of the world are passing away, and you will stand before your judge or your father with eternal implications. All right, that is our message. That's not a fun message. That's not a message the world wants to receive. That's not something they want to wrestle with. And so what do they want to do? It's a lot easier to not battle with, with where you, they stand in the kingdom of heaven or hell, but where you stand in the kingdoms of the world. Because if you pick a side, then you can get lumped in with all of their opinions and all of their judgments. They can pigeonhole you and they can, they can sink that ship. And they don't even have to consider the real message that we are bringing. Now, Jesus, he, he cannot choose one of these two sides or he would compromise his message. He would compromise all of his teaching. His core message would be lost. Now, what does this mean for us? All right, when you are faced with these kinds of questions, if you jump on Facebook and say, I'm pro this, or I'm pro that, or I'm team this, or I'm team that. Uh, you realize what you've done. You've already lost. You've already lost, and you have pulled into yourself all of these other things that are so contrary to the gospel. If you ever pick a side, you better pick it for totally different reasons, it should have long explanations and why you're doing it. It has different motives, different goals, different purposes. All right. Please do not be trapped. I've watched some of you get trapped. I'm tempted to be trapped myself. I've gotten trapped before. And I vow, like, I will never say anything about that ever again. All right. We have to be wise about these things. Because as soon as we're in the box, we can be cast off. And that's where, okay, how does Jesus deal with this question? Uh, true to form, as we've seen over and over again, uh, he makes them look deeper into the heart. Looks deeper into the heart. Knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, Why put me to the test? Bring a denarius and let me look at it. And they brought him one. And he said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. 
All right, first, he, he brings to, the, to them the heart of their question. And he sees through all this like sycophantic brown nosing. And he sees their heart, their hypocrisy. That their, their heart motives are very different than their outward words. That they don't care about whether or not, he, what he thinks about whether or not they should pay taxes. And they don't care whether it's lawful or not. What do they care about? They care about trapping Jesus and destroying him. And I think the great thing is, Jesus, he, he used to be more subtle. He used to speak in parables and be kind of subdued. And all. all right, he's done with that. He just straight up asked them, why put me to the test? Why do you ask this question? Where is it coming from? All right, that is incredibly bold. And I think we have to ask ourselves, okay, why, why are these questions being put before us? Why do they want to know? Do they really care what, what a Christian thinks about this? Or are they just trying to get me on a side? Are they just trying to, to pin me down? Are they trying to, to get me on their team? Get a, get a, a voting block? All right, but we also have to, have to ask ourselves, okay, when we ask these political questions of Jesus, what are our motives? Now, we, I hope that none of you want to destroy Jesus and bring him down and, and trap him in his words, but we can look for answers from Jesus with wrong motives. And we can decide eons before that what the right answer is and then go to Jesus and say, yeah, right, Jesus, right? If you want to find an answer in the Bible, you can generally find it. And if you want to support your opinion, you generally can. All right, we have to be incredibly careful to know our motives and, and ask ourselves, am I just looking to justify myself? Am I just looking to get the answer that I wanted before I ever spoke to Jesus? Jesus knows the heart. He will not be deceived. Why put me to the test? All right, but then, all right, that's the heart of the question. But then he, he looks and says, all right, that's, what's the heart of the matter? What's the real heart of the matter of what we're talking about? And he gets to their motives there as well. And he says, okay, bring me the coin. Bring me a denarius. And we actually have, do you have a picture of it? We have a denarius. There it is. All right, I, I looked it up. You can actually buy one on eBay. It's like... <laughs> I was tempted. Like they're they're kind of expensive. But uh all right. All right, so this is this is not the everyday coin. All right, they didn't just have a big pile of these and you, you handed them out. All right. This is a special tribute penny. And it serves a very a very specific purpose. It's used for the poll tax. It is used to pay this tax and all right, who does it have on it? That, good, who, who is that? That is Caesar Tiberius. That's his face on there. And around, the, around it, it says, uh, of all things, Caesar Augustus Tiberius, son of the divine Augustus. It's abbreviated, so yeah, you're like, okay, I don't say all that. <laughs> Little sections. They, they, like, they, they, they abbreviate. Um, and what is it saying? It's saying, this is the son of God. 
This is the son of God who, who issued this coin. And on, on the back here, uh, um, for all you Tullox kids, yeah, no, uh, Pontifex Maximus. It says the high priest. He is the son of God and the high priest. And this is his coin. And if you want to be in his kingdom, you better give him this coin. And Jesus says, like, all right, show it to me. Who's on it? The Caesar is on it. And look at the inscriptions. This is what it says. And he does that, first of all, to show their hypocrisy in the, in the question in, it, in its core. Because they're talking to Jewish people. All right. This is a polemical, idolatrous, awful message that is communicated on this coin. Right, this is against everything that they believe. And they're actually not supposed to deal with idolatry or images. And to, to deal with idols, you know, that's, that's a big deal. And Jesus is basically pointing out that, like, all right, you're asking what's lawful and what's good. All right, you shouldn't be fighting to keep this in your pocket. But they are fighting it to keep it in their pocket. Why? Because it's money. It's not really about idolatry. They don't care about that aspect of the law. They care about the fact that he's trying to take money from them. If it weren't money, they probably wouldn't care as much. This wouldn't be so controversial. They're not saying, how do we deal with the fact that this ruler is saying that he's, he's the son of God? No, how, how dare he take my money? And that's where we have to deal with, once again, our hearts. Do we select out certain bits of the law and like them better? Are we, are we eager to hear some laws and, and be really stringent about those, but other ones we just totally disregard? Oh, well, yeah, those aren't the important ones. The whole question, it's like, well, do you want this? If he wants it back, give it to him. Less idols in your life. But he's doing something different, too. In, in pointing it out and saying, okay, okay, this is Caesar's. Give it back to him. He's reminding them that, all right, the, you have one of these in your pocket because he put it there. He's created legal tender and he has, he's distributed it. He's gotten it across this, this whole vast empire and now you have it in your pocket do you owe him anything? Do you owe him anything? Has he done anything for you? Has he built you a road? Has he, has he protected you in any way? Has he blessed you in anything that you might actually owe him to give him this back? All right, that is revolutionary. No one had ever heard that before because it was like, well, no, that's, that's, that's not the question. The question is, should I give my, this bad money to the bad guy or not? He's saying, well, you might owe him. And that's where, that's where Jesus, he, he builds off of that, and he says, like, we want the world to be really black and white and to be given laws and not laws, and we can be naive about the reality of how things are. We live in a world where there is evil. 
where the, the weed is mixed with the weeds. That is the reality of our lives. And he's saying, you know, you, you have to navigate those things. There's real wisdom to be found here. And you don't just get to say, bad guy, bad. No, no, I'm not, I have no part in that. All right, then you have to go be a hermit away from everyone else. That's the only way life is. And kind of bringing all this together, Jesus says, verse 17, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. All right. Notice, notice that it's not choosing a side, but it's, it's covering all of it in truth. And first, it's breaking down this assumption that you're either pro-Rome or pro-Israel, pro-God or pro-evil. He's saying, no, there's a way. There's a way to give to Caesar what is Caesar's in a way that actually honors your responsibilities to God. That doesn't compromise, but actually embraces your love for God and your submission all in the same thing. And that's where, okay, what is he? He's asking them to, to give back to Caesar, recognizing that he has authority, that he has blessed them in ways that they're like, well, no, no, we're oppressed. Actually, you have been blessed in spite of the fact that this is an evil guy who is idolatrous and puts out these coins that are just totally narcissistic, but you've been blessed. And you owe him. And that God might even be using this man as a servant, and you are to recognize that. All right, this isn't the first time God has ever done that. Remember Assyria destroying northern Israel? Remember Babylon destroying Judah? Remember Pharaoh and his hard heart? being used to show the glory of God. All right, he can do that. And you don't get to decide that, well, no, I, don't, I have no responsibility here. Romans 13, 1, 2. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Or 5 through 7. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. He breaks down all of these weird barriers and assumptions and says, you know what, there's, there's a way to do this that isn't pro-Rome, but is pro-God. Now, what does this have to do with you and us? Uh, you, you and I. Uh, be careful when you assume that you know what God wants. When you assume that, you, no, you, you, you know the path forward when he hasn't even spoken about it. All right, I'll give you a provocative example. All right, uh, all right so this is their coin. 
All right, what does our coin say? Our coin says, in God we trust on it. We go, all right. And some people want to take that off our coin, and we go, all right. Did God ever say that it should say, in God we trust on our coin? Did God ever say that he, he wants this nation that is not the nation of God to say that, that oh, our, 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 we're, we're especially blessed because we trust in God? All right. Is it even true? Should we be fighting for it? And if we're fighting for it, is it, is it a fight worth fighting or do we stick it on our money because we actually literally love our money? <laughs> and so we, 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 we trust in God as long as he keeps us flush with the thing we really trust in. All right, these are the kinds of things where it's like, are we looking deeper into these things? Or are just, we just like, that one says God, yay! All right, you have to be careful. And not assume that, yeah, we know the plan. We know what God would really want. Before you pick a side, we need to look a lot more deeply. We can be very black and white in things that have no business being black and white. But then Jesus, he, yes, render to Caesar what is Caesar's. Render to God the things that are God's. All right, what are the things that are God's? Everything. Everything is God's. All right. He created everything by the word of his power. All things are, are held together by the word of that same power. Everything exists is because he, he holds it there by his providence. The, the sun and the moon, Caesar himself, he holds his, his life in, his, in the palm of his hand and he can snuff it out whenever he wishes. All right. Everything belongs to God. And that's where you have this like little charge of give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. But then he says, you know what? If you really care about giving to people the right things, what do you owe to God? What does he deserve to be repaid? All right, what does he move towards? He's moved from the political question to the real question. Saying you you standing before me, you owe something to God. He has given you life and breath. Every blessing is from his hand. Every good gift is from your Father on high. Every skill, every talent, anything you've ever done is all because and dependent upon God. And you're asking, well, what do I give Caesar? What do you give God? As they stand before the Son of God, trying to destroy him, they're asking the wrong question. And people are asking us the wrong questions. And we like to answer the wrong questions, and maybe we even ask the wrong questions. Now, if God has given them everything, if they are in... in ever-increasing debt to all of the blessings of God, how are they supposed to repay? How do they repay? All right. God, 
God has issued a coin. He has issued something with his likeness on it. With his image stamped upon it. It's called humanity. And you, you were, you were created in the image of God. And you are a coin that is to be repaid to God. Your life. If you want to repay God and render back everything that he has given to you, you owe all of yourself. That's the price that's on your head. That's the price that is on the head of these Pharisees and the Herodians that stand before him. But what have we done? All right. We did not render to God what is God's. No, instead, the, the, the Pharisees and Herodians, they're, they're attacking the one who came to collect. They're attacking this God. And we, in our sin, we, we rebel against this God and we, we despise him and refuse to give him not only our lives, but, but thankfulness and, and praise. All right, we, are, we are racking up a debt before this God. What are you going to do about that? That's the question. That is the question that stands before us. That is a question with eternal consequences. That is a question that we don't want to distract from. That is a question that people need the answer to. And, and what an answer we have. All right, so here we are. Under eternal and irrepayable debt. And what does Caesar do? What does the great God of heaven do? He sends his son, the real son. The real son of the divine. The real high priest. And what does he send him as? He sends him as a coin. The Caesar becomes the coin. He becomes the one, the, the likeness, the humanity. So that he can repay. So that he can pay our debt. So that he can pay off all of our rebellion. The price on our head. Jesus Son of God, become man, made in the image and the likeness. All right, Jesus could have come to do a, a cosmic IRS shakedown. Right? He could have come and like, your collection is due, let's do this. But what does he come? He comes to pay. He comes to pay with his body and with his blood. Now, when we see the word likeness, it, like, explodes off the page to theological nerds. All right, like, image, likeness, like, that's from Genesis. Uh, then we see this inscription word, and we think, well, inscription, I, I'm not familiar with that one. All right, that word inscription, it's only used one other place in the Bible. Mark 15, 25 through 27. And it was the third hour when they, can, they crucified him, and the inscription of the charge against him read, the king of the Jews. And with him they crucified two robbers, one on his right and one on his left. All right, Jesus hanging on the cross, he was the coin. He was the son of the divine. Over his head was the 
his title, the king of the Jews, as he was paying the debt of our sin, hung between two robbers as he was pouring out grace and generosity and mercy upon us. Right. We owed everything. And this is how our great king chose to pay, that he might pay his own fine, his own debt. Colossians 2, 13 through 14. And you who are dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. All right. That's our message. That's what we proclaim. That's whose side we're on. That's, that's the answer to the question. All right. Please do not be trapped. Let us not be trapped. Let us not be distracted. Let us not be fooled into fighting for other missions and other kingdoms. Let us be honest with our heart motives. Let us be submissive to this great king who came and paid the debt for us. Let's give him all the glory because we don't have to repay him, but just because we love him as our king. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you give us a way of escape from all of the traps that stand before us, that you give us the gospel of grace. And Father, we, we are guilty along with these Pharisees and Herodians that we care about the wrong questions and we forget how much we really owe you and the glory of the price that you have paid. Father, we ask that you might ever be reminding us of the gospel and how freely you have given to us and how you have poured grace out upon us. Father, would you help us to, to see your kingdom and to rejoice that we are part of it and to proclaim it with wonderful clarity and truth that Jesus may get all the glory. We pray in his name. Amen.